The role of a dean of students is a unique and important one in any school setting. A dean of students is responsible for maintaining discipline and order in the school, creating a positive school culture, building relationships with students and teachers, addressing behavior issues, and working with parents and families. This is the uh, the first paragraph in chapter four of um, from classroom to dean of students. Um, so that's something that I actually didn't know when I first became a dean. And this whole notion of working with teachers and working with students and working with parents and families. I just thought, Betty, I just believed based on what I was told the job required, that my job was to make sure that the kids who got in trouble were handled and the behavior wasn't repeated. That simple. Or better yet, um, address those students who were causing issues that were distract, distracting from learning and making sure that there was a consequence that was enough to deter them from repeating the same offense again. Or better yet, my, my um, physical presence as a five foot nine, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tall at all. Five foot nine, above average. Um, at that time, I was about two hundred and seventy five pounds at five foot nine. Um, to to add some stats to that, I was benching uh, right around four four hundred five pounds. I was squatting. Um, I would say uh, shy uh, about four hundred pounds. You know, uh, I was. I think I was, I was. I was squatting the same thing. I was benching. Um, I had a ridiculous, like, size, like, 18 and a half neck. My biceps were just probably just as thick as my neck. Um, so my physical appearance, my presence, I was very well dressed. You know, I was all about my brogues and, you know, making sure my cap toes and my oxfords were always nice and shiny. Um, I was always about the, my tie, even though it wasn't a required um, dress code for teachers. Um, at, this, at this particular school, um, or in any school, really, in New York City. But um, my being well-dressed, and I'm always shopping appearance, coupled with my physical presence, um, was part of the unwritten job description, you know, uh, and making sure there was a deterrence to behavior that was detrimental to students learning in the classroom. Um I'm going to add one more thing, but um, I mean, it comes without say, being a scary black man was a, was definitely a, uh, a, a tool that was not literally stated, but was definitely emphasized as a deterrent to behavior that was detrimental to students learning in the school. So this was pretty much the job description that was given. Um, and um, yeah, it backfired. None of that stuff worked. <laughs> None of it at all. Um, I mean, I'm. This is a school that is in um, the Kingsbridge area um, of of, um, of the Bronx. Um, the kids were definitely not intimidated by me by any means. Um, if they, if you're not afraid of the police, if you're not afraid of school safety, if you're not even afraid of your own parents, what the heck is this guy going to do? So, 
I managed to just focus on addressing behavior. Those are, those kids were kicking out of the classroom. I set up detention. You know, did those kind of things. I was very reactionary. It was very transactional. You did this. This would happen. And I did this for probably the first two, two or three um, weeks. Well, not really, maybe two or three months, really. Um, even though I made some, I made some shifts, but that was primarily my, my, my um, way of addressing or at least meeting the job expectation. Um, so we're talking about September, October, November, going to December. And, um, but one thing was interesting that I realized during that time when I was being very reactionary was that um, I've never been one to be, I've never been one afraid of talking about my personal story. Um, I'm a Gemini, so I am a bit of a talker. You know, it makes sense for someone who has a podcast to be a, a talker. And whenever there were kids in detention or in my, or were sent to the dean's office for the period, for the rest of the period, which actually sucked because when there was actual real emergencies, often I would have two or three students with me in the office that I would have to now say, come with me or try to find somewhere else to put them, which was definitely a, um, a hazard if you really think about it. But um, but one of these kids with me, I would always share my story. What was my story? Uh, where are you from? Oh, you from L.A.? You're Mr. You from Hollywood? You from Beverly? You have been to Beverly Hills? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You lived in Malibu? Like, Malibu Most Wanted? Like, the movie? You live by the water? Um, wait a minute. You went to Inglewood High School? Yo, Mr. I looked up, I looked up Inglewood High School. That's like in the hood. Like, Paul Pierce went there. Do you know Paul Pierce? Wait a minute. You went to high school at the same time Paul Pierce was there? You'll tell us about him. Wait a minute. Inglewood, that's a blood hood. Yeah, there's the. It's like, it's like, it's, I, I read there was like Ingle Family Bloods and Queen Street. And I heard sometimes they don't even get along. And they both blood sets. These are the things kids came, came, came up to me. Let's put it like this. They did their research. As soon as I set off from LA, they were asking questions. And one thing I noticed is the kids were consistently like trying to understand who I was. You know, my, my personal story. But they didn't just stop at where, where you're from. Why did you become a teacher? Yo, when you went to college, you want to do this? This is what you want to do? Going to college? Yo, Mr. I'm not going to college. I, pfft, why would I go to college and spend all of them and sit with badass kids in the school? That's what kids would say. And um, I responded to their, to, to their questions. Sometimes I didn't have an answer. Sometimes their questions were so thought-provoking. It forced me to really reflect and have an answer or at least be willing to to give half answers because sometimes you don't have an answer to some of these questions because you're not because you, you haven't really thought about them. But this is uh uh where I start to learn something very interesting. As I told these stories, random kids who were never in trouble start to hear the same stories. Kids who were never with me in detention or they were never in trouble, they go, Mister, I heard. I remember one time I went on a field trip. There was a field trip. I used to not want to go on field trips because I was the dean of students. So I wanted, to, I'm sorry, the dean of discipline. So I wanted to make sure I was on campus if something pops off because I was left believing that if I wasn't around, bad things would happen. And I remember going on a field trip and um, we went to go see um, um, Rent. It was it was a screening of Rent the movie with, with Zari Dawson and Tay Diggs. And it was at a, uh, and uh, to the Apollo Theater. And for someone who does not like going on field trips, I was like, you know what? You know, I am a transplant to New York City. I spent all my time working. So I've never actually been to the Apollo Theater. 
So I went with them to the Apollo Theater. And on the train down there, the number of kids who just wanted to talk, it was almost like I was caught in court on the platform on the train station, on the train, they just wanted to, to talk and ask questions. As we were walking, the number of kids who were just around me just asking questions. When we got to the movie theater, before the movie started, the number of kids who were like, yo, Mr. come sit next to me. Oh, Mr. can I sit next to you? And I was like, what's going on? Because I'm supposed to be the scary black guy, right? I'm supposed to be the deterrent of all things bad. And the assumptions what comes with that is that all kids were like, yo, you don't want to be in the, you don't want to get in trouble with the dean. You don't want to be around the dean. But that's not what happened. And as a result, when there were issues, there were kids who would say, I want to talk to Mr. and Joe. I mean, I, back then I was Dean Lawrence. And that's another story. Um, actually, I'll tell you a story real quick. So when I first came to New York City, you know, um, Uche Chuku Lawrence Njoku, which is my full name, um, people looked at me like I was crazy. Like, Kukuchu. I remember, <laughs> I'll never forget somebody actually pronounced it like straight face and said, Kukuchu. And I was like, okay, either you're a rooster, you're sneezing, or you're a rooster who's sneezing. But that's what I was, that's what it was said. And, um, and I just was like, listen, I don't want to have to spend all my time. I was trying to explain to people how to pronounce my name, even in Joku, which is only five letters. So I was like, you know, just my, my, my middle name is fine. And in this particular school, every student called their teachers and the adults by their first name. That was part of the culture of the school, which I was not in agreement with. So I was like, you could just call me Dean Lawrence. So the kids call me Dean Lawrence. So Dean Lawrence, um, became um, somewhat of a, I hate to say this, but I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be full of myself, but it was like there were these myths and legends about Dean Lawrence. He mad cool. Yo, did you know he was a blood? Oh, no, no, no. No, I thought he was this. No, no, no. He's from, yo, he was Inglewood High School and I read online. That's like mostly Inglewood family blood. Like the kids started telling stories. Oh, and yeah. And don't forget, I was also, I mean, the kids also, I shared with them, you know, my military background. And so they would also be like, yo, you know, he was like in World War II. <laughs> I, did have, I did once have a kid ask me, um, where you, what war did you fight in? So I, I wanted the kids to say World War II. And I was like, yo, did you just say World War II? That was like 1940 something. They were like, yeah, how old are you? And I was like, wait a minute, your perception of time is so screwed up because if you think that in uh, 2000, what was that, 2005 or 2006, that I was around during World War II, which was, I think at that point in time, well over like, you know, 50 years ago. Like, how do you think I am? But, um, but all those stories, what I didn't realize I was doing is that I was establishing something very, very important to the job. Relationships, re relatability, humanizing me. And that was the most important thing because kids would get in trouble and would ask not to see, not to talk to the school aide or the principal, the one to go straight to Mr. Njoku. There were times where kids would get into fights and they would walk out of the classroom and go straight to my office. Like, I didn't have to look for them. They'll come into my office and sit down. I'm like, what happened? And school safety agent would run behind them. <sighs> they were just in a fight in the classroom. I'd be like, damn. Like, you chose to come here. And next year, you know, the other kid would be brought to my office and people would always want to put like, we brought to my office and be like, you want to just put them in the, in the main office? And I'd be like, no, no, have them sit, sit right here in front of me, both of them. And they would sit. In the back of my mind, I used to be like, wait a minute, I just have two kids who's throwing hands in the classroom, sitting in front of me. This just happened, you know, a few moments ago, not even that long. But they're sitting there, and they're angry at each other still, arms folded, 
bodies positioned away from each other, but they're not attacking each other physically or verbally. And I'm hearing things like, Mr. Njoku, I respect you, that's why. Mr. Njoku, you know how I am, Mr. Njoku, Mr. Njoku I know you're going, and I'm like, wait a minute, relationships. Whether directly or indirectly, I had to establish relationships with the school community. The kids trusted me. You know, yes, was it always perfect? No, there were times where some kids were just so beyond whatever, whatever, and I got cussed out or things got so physical where there were times, a couple of times where I, you know, to pick up a fight, you know, I might, I might have got punched in the back of my head or, um, or you know, in my brogues and in, in, in my brogues and Oxfords and tap, <laughs> tap toe, um, dress shoes. I was slipping and sliding, in, you know, in, in those well-polished New York City hallways and busting my butt. Um, but I don't think there was ever a single kid who never came back and apologized and said, Mr. Joker, I'm sorry for what happened. I was, I was tight. You know, I was seeing, I, was, I just saw black and I, I'm sorry, you know, I would never do that to you. And it was weird because I was like, how is it possible that, um, the role where I was told I had to be this intimidating figure, figure transformed into, um, I was the understanding adult to be respected because you would receive respect back. And that's something that's very, very important that as a Dean, that you spend time getting to know the kids, getting to know the students, but beyond that, getting to know the teachers as well. One thing I realized because my, my job was not relegated, was, was, was simply relegated to just dealing with the kids, but there were teachers who were amazing people great teachers, but they struggled with classroom management. And yes, mind you, I was a rookie. I was new to the whole education game. But because um, I was always, I was mostly, mostly, almost always on the outside looking into those classrooms, I saw things that they didn't see. And I would, ha I would have teachers who would be like, hey, can you come visit my classroom? You know, because I'm having a test today and I just want to make sure. And I'd be like, you know what? I have one of the assistant deans be on duty on the hallway and they knew when they catch me, I'll be on the radio. I'll go into a classroom, but I'll sit there and watch. And it's funny when, I, when, when you're the dean and you walk into a high school classroom and kids are like waving at you, some of, some of, some of the bad dog kids would be like, yo, what's up, Mr. Njoku? Yo, what's good? You gonna be in here, this, you gonna be in here this period? Yo, nice, 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 nice. Yo, we're about to take a test. Yo, I'm about to kill this. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is not the perception that people have of these students because nobody bothered to establish relationships and make them feel comfortable. But then I was sitting in those classrooms and afterwards I'd be like, hey, Mr. So-and-so, so Mr. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, can I tell you something I just noticed in your classroom? I'm sitting there, I'm noticed like, you only sit, you only stand in this part of your classroom. And I, it's funny because I was just regurgitating the things that I, I was regurgitating the things that I learned in my graduate program coupled with the visual you know, experience of watching it happen. And I would say, hey, maybe you might want to change your seating. Because I've noticed all these rows, it just feels very restricting, you know. Or um, I noticed in today's conversation that, yo, so-and-so was really engaged. Is he always that engaged? No, nah, I think it's because you were there. I'm like, but I didn't, I didn't do anything. You know, but because you were there, I was trusted. I trusted enough to call on them. I'm like, but look what happened. They had the best answer. So maybe you should stop being afraid to call on them and take that risk. 
And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. You go back to the drawing board. And just being in that space and teaching teachers about those relationships and really connecting with students and trying to understand. And I would even tell some teachers, like, do your kids even know anything about you? What do they know about you apart from you being their teacher? What part of you, your interests, your, your, your passions, do you tie into it? You know, and it was just interesting because, uh, you know, that, that's something that wasn't part of the, the, the manual that I was given on how to do the job. But then one other thing, too, that's tightly connected is the way the parents related to me. Yes, there were some parents who, no matter what I did, just did not like me. You know, I could have been Santa Claus with a, with a you know, publishing, uh, what's that, publishing clearance, sweepstakes, or whatever, whatever, big giant check of a million dollars. And they still be like, take the check and be like, you got my house. <laughs> but the vast majority of parents would tell me, especially doing pension teacher conferences, oh, I had to come meet you. But my child was like, you got to come meet Mr. Njoku. I'm not even their teacher. There were kids who were never in my office. I would see them in the cafeteria. I would see them in the school who were like, yo, come meet my teacher. I mean, and they, and they would say, come meet my teacher. This is Dean Lawrence. And I'm like, I bet I don't even teach this kid. Again, relationships. And guess what happened? Those parents were like, you know, those come and talk to me. And 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 a lot of them, something I didn't do in the beginning, you know, which I, I start to do later on in my career. A lot of them didn't know I existed because my role was to deal with just those undesirable behaviors. But I, I started to meet parents. I started realizing, like, if the kids are going home telling them about who I am, maybe next school year I should start off with a letter to the parents introducing myself, saying, here's my telephone number, here's my, all my information, it's definitely an issue, the child's not going to be in school, or you can't reach the main office, making myself available to them. And um, it was very, it, listen, it was, it was, it was interesting. It wasn't bizarre. It was interesting because relationships, making sure to establish relationships. And, and I'll tell you this, as I went further into my career, it wasn't just by accident anymore. I spent time in the cafeteria. I spent time in the yard. I, was I would walk into the classroom. I would tell teachers, hey, do you mind if I stop by your, your, your classroom and sit in the back? I could just watch and, you know, and I was always present. And as a result, um, you know, it, things shifted tremendously. Were there still major issues? Yes. The school I was at had major gang problem. But this is, this is when you know things are different. When you, know, you, when you know something's brewing, kids are like, yo, this weekend, such and such crew and that crew had, a, had problems and they said they're going to finish their hair at school. And, and it's Monday morning. And I'm like, um, let me call Caesar. Or let me call Juan. Let me call so-and-so. Because they have a lot of pull with that gang, or they're in that gang, or they're head of, uh, they're like the jefe of that gang, right? And yes, I had students' numbers, and parents knew this. But I'd be like, listen, if I, you know, it's only for, to reach out this emergency, whatever the case may be, and I and I'll shoot them a text, and I'd be like, hey, hey, this is Dean Lawrence. I heard such and such popped off this weekend. Could you guys do me a favor? Talk to your talk to your peoples. We can't have nothing happen to school today. You know, a lot of things happening. Please do me that favor. And I'll send a text to the other crew. As a matter of fact, you get here, come see me. And guess what would happen? They would do it. They would come to my office in the morning. I think they'd like talk to their, to their people, to their crew. And I would be like, yo, both of y'all, come on. And it's funny because I would end up holding court for the leaders of, of these two factions and who would explain to me what happened. And I'd be like, you know, oh, what happened? Oh, and this is early on social media. Oh, on MySpace, they said this? Come on, guys. How you know they said this? You know, bro, I didn't say that. 
you know, you know, it was just, you know, someone such such trying to cause problems. And it'll be squashed. Let me tell you this. When I first got to that school, I remember going to the to the incident reporting um 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 uh website. It would tell you, and last year all the incidents that happened, all the things were reported, everything from as simple as chewing gum in the classroom to fights to getting walking out of school to um to any kind of infractions, cutting school, all that in there. And I, it was over 400 incidents. And I was like, how do you have 400 incidents in a school year? In a 10-month school year, you're talking about like, I mean, 400 divided by 10. Like, that's like, every day was something happening. And um, and you know that's not every day. So that means some days there were three, three or four or five or six or seven things happening. And the following year, it was under 200. It was like 140 something, something like that, or maybe 150 something. You know, my 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 old age, my brain is not as sharp as it used to be. But I just remember being so proud, like, wow. Like, look, at, look at that number. I'm, I'm also data driven. I like to see numbers. You know, it's, it's when people ask what impact you've made, you say, look at the numbers. And maybe some of them might say, oh, it's skewed because you don't want to enter in it. But the thing is, I had nothing to really enter that was in the same line. Like, the kids weren't cutting class. I see a kid in the, in the hall, I'm like, yo, you going to class? Like, yo, mister, I got you. When you got a kid, he doesn't always apply. But you, but I got to the point when that kid would tell me, yo, mister, I got you. I respected and believed that. And it was rare that that their action didn't, wasn't in alignment with them saying, I got you, mean that I'm going to do what's expected of me. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk to you about that today. You know, the whole notion of, you know, what the job description is really for a dean of discipline, which is actually a dean of students. Because again, like I said before, the dean of discipline is because they're bringing, bringing you in there to be, you know, the, the, the corraler of bad behavior versus the students, the one who has established culture of respect, knowing the students and being able to really, you know, be more, um, more um, connected to your students and school community in a way that, that when bad, when bad behavior exhibits, you know, can be addressed and, and left yesterday. And so we can move forward and really have a space where kids can come and feel safe and feel good about themselves and also be able to really engage in your learning. All right, Uche, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, all right? Oh, real quick, again, in the, in the description, you know, if you want a copy of the book, um, From Classroom to Dean of Students, The Key to Successful Transition, um, you know, it's very, very simple. Like, you know, I just, and it's very repetitive. I'm going to tell you right now. But one of the things I wanted to make sure is that you're going to hear the same thing over and over again. Relationships, communication, you know, tracking your date, like those things has to be continuous, you know, but how does that relate to students and teachers and parents and things of that nature? And, um, yeah. All right, y'all. I'll talk to you soon. Be well.